We use our phones for everything at this point, and I am absolutely guilty of that. I look up recipes on my phone. I meal plan on my phone. I use my GPS, even though I know where I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) But did you know that you can also use your phone for some sexy me time? Don't worry. Your fantasies are safe with Dipsy. Just don't forget to use your headphones. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with vampires, Greek gods, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time. Explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup dipsystories.com slash just break up. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week we're going to talk about shooting your shot, getting that money, STIs and moms separately. (laughs) Uh, But first, we just want to give our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we have no idea what we're talking about. Yes, we are definitely not professionals. No. Um, In fact, uh, we make many daily stupid mistakes. True. For example, um, we were addressing a bunch of envelopes and cards to send out to the lovely people who... um, Suggested us for BuzzFeed's 2019 podcast list, which, by the way, I, after I Speaking asked of all not you, knowing what we're doing, oh god, oh god, this is a two-part novella. Um, well, first of all, I asked everybody to comment. Just break up on this. Just break or on this 2019. BuzzFeed podcast list. Yeah. Um, after I asked everyone to do it and offered them like a handwritten thank you card mm-hmm. if they send us a screenshot, only after I did that did I realize that it had been expired. <laughs> that the competition was closed. Yes. And that all of those people that wrote on that article did so for no reason whatsoever. Well, I'm just hoping that the <laughs> the organizers of the competition like are like, oh my God, these people are so passionate that they, oh, you yeah. know, like the game was over, but they kept, they kept fighting. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so there's that. Uh-huh. That's the first chapter. And the second chapter is Sam and I were writing out thank you cards and I had written out like 10 of them and signed them and passed them on to Sam. 
before I re- before Sam pointed out to me <laughs> that I on the inside of the car I card I wrote you're the best. It's a great message. And on the front of the card it fucking said you're the best. <laughs> Because I didn't want to go back and redo like 10 cards. So to everybody out there who's gotten your handwritten cards that say the exact same thing, yes, we know. We do know. And we we are very aware that we are that stupid. (laughs) And this is all to say, we're just here to offer our humble advice to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding and mostly confusing experience that is love. That's right. Welcome to episode 29, 29, Sam Blackwell. Thank you. Yeah. Welcome to you, Sierra de Mulder. Thank you. <laughs> Good sir. And I bow to you. Um, so guess what? Uh, 2018 has sucked so many balls so far. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yes. Well, uh, it's 2019, first of all. What, what, I said 2019. Didn't you say? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I just misheard you. <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> um, but I think we want to say thanks to everybody who's been really supportive. Absolutely. And um, who've been sending us wonderful messages. Yeah, it's been really nice to see um, everyone's support. And um, I haven't read all of your comments because it's a lot, but uh, know that I have noticed the quantity and assume that the quality is also there. (laughs) (laughs) That's the most Sam Blackwell thing I've ever fucking heard. But most importantly, I think we're just really happy to be here. Yeah. Um, We were out of the studio for a while um, due to tragedy, but also the holidays. And I'm just so happy to be here with you. Yeah. Doing this thing we love to do. This is great. It's it's nice to be able to think about other people's problems and not my own. (laughs) (laughs) We call that deflection. Yeah, that's right. And that's that's where I'm at right now. (laughs) I hope everybody's really comfortable with how much fun we're already having in this episode. Yeah, right. Okay, so our check-in topic uh, is that. We're done. We already checked in. I didn't think of another check-in topic. <laughs> That's great. Um, but I guess I could say that I watched my first full episode of The Bachelor last night with you. Oh, you did? Yes. That's right. And I, I know that a lot of our listeners are into it, or at least it's generally popular in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> True. I'm a big fan. Uh, but mostly because I, I watch it with my friends, and therefore it's a competition because we, like, do a bracket. Yeah, it's like the gay version of um, fantasy football. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the gays and the straight ladies is where it's at. Yeah. Yeah, I was um, I was intrigued by it, um, but I also was a little terrified. <laughs> you know, like, if an alien race were, like, observing us and they came down to, like, check in about our culture— Check in about it. Just like, hey, <laughs> how's it going? How's it going down here? <laughs> yeah, hey. We checked in a few hundred years ago. We're back. Yeah, yeah. And then they see, like, you know, however many years ago, they see, like, the pyramids being built. They see the Renaissance, you yeah. know, at, at different times. And then they come back now and they see a reality TV show in which we force X amount of people to fall in love on television yeah, with but, like, one person. Also, when the pyramids were being built, like, they were built by slaves. And, like, (laughs) the Romans used to, like, throw people into amphitheaters and, like, make them kill each other. So I think, like, the grand scheme of comparison, (laughs) making people pretend to be in love with each other is really not that bad. Oh, my God. (laughs) I just got served by you. That's true. I mean, like, dang. 
maybe it's just like a weird form of theater that's not murderous, you know? Yeah. Okay, yeah, let's just move on from that. <laughs> cool. <laughs> you want to get into our letters? Yeah, that sounds great. Okay, great. Our first letter is from Elise P., who is writing to us from The Void. Elise writes, Sam and Sierra, I'm a 21-year-old girl in her senior year of college. These have been the best four years yet. That's great. That's so good. Yeah. I don't think my first... That was not my experience. No. no. Yes. Mm-mm. But I'm so glad for you, Elise. Anyway, Elise writes, I, I don't think I have a single regret about my time here. Oh, my God. We have different college experiences. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Definitely. She writes, except um, for when I consider my love life or lack thereof. College is one time in my life where all these interesting, infuriating, incredible, and beautiful boys will be around me nonstop. The only time when I'll be forced to cooperate with them in my million student orgs or able to meet them in lecture on a Wednesday afternoon or even drunkenly on a Friday night. And I didn't take advantage of any of that. I only dated a couple people freshman year, situationships applied both times, didn't lose my virginity, had a few other crushes, but never breathed the word about it to any of them. I don't know why it was so easy to admit to the two trash bags that I, quote, (laughs) talked to that I liked them, but couldn't even say anything to all the great guys I've met since then. I'm so nervous about setting myself up for rejection that I don't think I could even handle taking it from a stranger, much less someone I might run into all the time. I feel like I'm running out of time and will think of any reason not to put myself out there. I'm not afraid of all to fall in love, just afraid to say it. Right now, I'm very much have I very much have feelings for this guy in one of my clubs. I told him many times how much he inspires me and how much I respect him and what a great guy he is. He's told me the same and is quick to tell me how much he loves my kindness and good heart. Every time he compliments me like that, I feel like I'm making myself more seen than I've ever been before, but nothing has come of it. I absolutely don't think I'm entitled to my feelings being reciprocated, but screams, I don't know what to do next. I'm getting very platonic vibes from him and think he is just a really, really great person. And all the nice things he is saying don't equate to him liking me romantically. I don't want to make things awkward for us since we have to see each other all the time. So I don't think I want to say anything about my crush. I guess what I'm asking is, is this situation presenting me with the right time to finally tell someone that I like them? And if not now, how do I get the balls to do it when the next crush comes around? Thank you so much for reading all these rambling thoughts for your good hearts and for all the beautiful words I get to hear every time I tune into this podcast. Your voices remind me of good, true love. Thanks. Always rooting for you. What a cute letter. (laughs) Um, Elise, I love this letter. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm so glad you're having such a good time in college. Yeah, me too. I'm like really jealous of that. I know. I'm surprised, honestly. Yeah. Um, I think what I'm jealous of is it sounds like you're so involved in your social life mm-hmm. and you haven't let yourself be, be like distracted by the sh- more shitty garbage bags of people. That's absolutely true. But um, is this a good time to shoot your shot? Absolutely. <laughs> This is a perfect time to do it. Perfect time. Also, this letter, like if I boiled this letter down, I would say it's like, how do I, how do I commute? How do I flirt? Essentially, mm-hmm. you know, how do I communicate explicitly romantic or de- desirous feeling? Uh, yeah, feelings, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to say, I want to start off by saying, I think you're doing a good job, actually, not yeah. a great job. <laughs> 
not a great job because you're you're not totally communicating your feelings. Right, right. But the fact that you told him that like you respect him so much and that he inspires you, like mm-hmm. that's flattery, whether it's honest or um, flirtatious, is mm-hmm. is communication, is flirtation. Yeah. Um. So I think you're doing a good job in that respect. Yep. And that, and he said it back. Yeah, which but is she great. says she's feeling like platonic feelings from him. Well, that's because. No offense, girl, but you've been giving him platonic things, too. Oh, yeah, totally. You know who I say I respect so much? Sam. Right, exactly. You know who I, I say I'm inspired by? Sierra. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I don't want to have sex with her, though. So, yeah, it like... really kind of crushes me in like an Alana Abbey broad city sort of way. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, you are you are like putting out there that you you like him, you like want to be around him. But I would say that you're not really putting out there that you like want to be with him. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, like with with. Right. So like are there other things that you could like compliment him on like his looks or Oh, yeah. Can you practice saying, "Oh my god, you look so nice in that shirt." Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, did you do something different with your hair? It looks really good. Yeah, totally. He probably didn't though. I mean, That's he's fine. a college boy. <laughs> <laughs> Stereotype, I'm sorry. No, My bad. That's when you're exploring most with your hair when you're in college. That is true. I dyed my hair like 48 times in Absolutely. my freshman year. And then year. I graduated and my hair has not changed since then. No, it's so, so good. Everybody who can't see him, Sam is going through a hair um, renaissance. Like it's just been perfect lately. Yeah, no, It's I not found, that different. It's just perfect. I found a new stylist and she believes me when I say I want it longer. And so she just like lets it grow Ugh, while so just nice. like keeping it tight. Which is just fantastic. I wish um, the boys, uh, the men that I were were attracted to or had relationships with, would have hair like would care about their hair the way you and Merrick, our friend Merrick, cares about the hair because yeah. you you both have such beautiful hair. Thank you. Oh, I love Spencer's hair too. Big cats. He has like a little wave. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I've seen it. Her friend Mike also has amazing hair. Oh my god, I love that we're just. <laughs> We have this is how we know we haven't been in the studio long enough. We're like just talk we're just catching up like friends. <laughs> like like it's got not... like a big wave in it. It's great. Oh I'm, I know okay, anyway. All right, Elise. <laughs> see, this'll give you some ways to talk about his hair. <laughs> we're like, she's like, uh Guys, back to me. Yeah. Um But I also wanna say, like, you can do all of that. You can say it looks really nice, whatever. You can also just like ask him out. I actually Love that. I And I've done that a, a small handful of times in my life in which I've been really direct and said, hey, I would love to get dinner with you sometime. Yeah. Or, hey, pretty man with nice hair and who res- who inspires me and I respect. <laughs> um, do you want to hang out on Saturday night? I want to go see this movie and it'd be fun if you came with me. Yeah, and I really want to spend some time one-on-one with you. Yeah, at least I think the what Sam is getting at is that it doesn't have to be explicit, maybe, in the way that you think. Like, there's so many layers to sure. flirting. And you don't have to be like, hey, listen, I've had a crush on you for the past six months. How do you feel about me? Yeah, right? you re- that's something you say, like, pillow talk. Like, that's yeah. the cute thing that you reveal <laughs> after you've made out. <laughs> right, like a month in, and then it's like, I just want you to know that I like, yeah. I, I really liked you before this. And then totally. it's like, hoo butterflies. <laughs> uh, but, like... Yeah, I think that you might be making this into something bigger than it is. And you can just be like, hey, let's go catch a movie or hey, let's grab a drink. Just you and me. I'd love to get to know you better. Right. And then see where it goes from there. It doesn't have to be like, 
I really, really like you. Let's go on a date. Right. And let's get married. Um, And to answer your trash bag question, it was easier to tell those boys that you wanted to make out or have a fling with them because you respected them less. Right. (laughs) Period. (laughs) Like, that's just the truth. And so you could risk you wouldn't be as hurt as much because they weren't. Um, on the same pedestal that you put this other guy on. Absolutely. Um, Or they just weren't the same caliber or you didn't see yourself dating them long term. Right. It it is easier to date some people than it is others. And sometimes it has to do with how much you respect them. (laughs) (laughs) Or yourself, really, in my case. (laughs) Both of those things. (laughs) I was thinking about it the other day, like... um, just my sense of humor and my dating history and the way I specifically talk about my dating history. So many listeners must think that I like loathe myself <laughs> or had a really fucked dating history. And I, it's not not fucked. It was like more sensually massaged. <laughs> um, but it's more just like I, I love to joke about it. <laughs> like in retrospect, yeah, I can talk about it being fucked up. No, that's true. I mean, we both, we both, had fucked up dating histories, but that's because, like, that's what dating is yeah, like. Yeah, and it's everybody like, does. Yeah, yep, totally. Exactly. Um, um, but I also want to talk with you, Elise, about rejection. Ooh. And how rejection sucks. Oh, my God. So hard. <laughs> I'm actually terrified of it. Yeah. No, me too. I think, I think everyone is pretty afraid of rejection. Yeah. But like most things, it'll pass. Totally. And it's, I would say that it's better to like put yourself out there and get rejected and then know than it is to be like in this awkward in-between space where you're just like uncomfortable all the time. Yeah, I totally agree. And this is a call out to me as well. Like it's leaning into that discomfort for a nominal amount of time, a time that will feel like forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but leaning into that discomfort will give you more clarity, more sense of self, more strength because you endured that discomfort instead Mm -hmm. of hovering around it or numbing yourself or avoiding those feelings. Um, And that's definitely a call it to myself because I believe in like, you know, healthy conflict and um, difficult conversations, but I really, really have strayed away from being rejected in the past. For sure. And I also think like the fear of rejection is often worse than the rejection itself. Totally. So what's the worst that's going to happen? He's going to say no. And then like, yeah. And then you are going to be in the same clubs afterwards, but that is, it, it, it sometimes it helps to put things in perspective like okay it's just four months of being in the club with this guy yep. um and so, so what if he knows that you like him yep and if you're getting along now right if you really like and respect each other now you putting yourself out there and him saying no doesn't necessarily have to impact that in any way totally right? like if you like and respect each other you can respectfully ask him out and he'd respectfully say i'm not interested and then you're like Okay, well, that's where we stand, and we'll figure out how this relationship works from here. It doesn't have to be a like you asked him, and then suddenly you can't speak to each other anymore. Totally. I mean, it may happen because like totally boys are dumb, but <laughs> <laughs> and that about Spencer wraps it up. Is nodding in agreement with me. <laughs> that about wraps it up, um, Elise. Uh, however, you however you um, make your move, shoot your shot. Um, Know that we are behind you. We're rooting for you. And Absolutely. we want you to just step a little bit outside of your comfort zone and put yourself out there because it's worth it. Absolutely. We love you. Thanks we for writing. You. 
All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Breakup virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Our next letter comes from Anonymous, who is writing from The Void. Hey there. Love the podcast. Listening right now. I have an interesting dating experience I could use some input on. Two years ago, I met this kid on Tinder. He obviously showed me his best side at first, but I could tell he had issues early on. He'd want to hang out one day, then not talk to me for a week. I don't understand. I didn't understand at the time 
uh, that this was a big dumb asshole. <laughs> Fast forward, I kept hanging on to him. I even found out that he had a girl back in his hometown, halfway across the country. I'd fight with him, but still go back to him. I knew this was a huge flaw, but at the same time, I wasn't ready to go. I wasn't ready to meet the one. I was trying to be honest with myself that I wasn't in a great place mentally for the right person. In the middle of this mess, he asked me to co-sign a car for him. Oh, my God. I agreed stupidly. A couple weeks later, he loses his job in our city. He has to go back to his hometown across the country. I take that as a time to finally start getting my life together. A few months later, I start my intensive grad school. During the first year of my grad program, I met a new guy, and he's actually really nice. We start a relationship, and school is going good. I don't tell my new BF that I co-signed a car for my ex. A couple months into the new relationship, my ex totals the car I co-signed. My ex was having, quote, life troubles and kept asking to borrow money. Since my name was on his car and he still had to make payments despite totaling it, I was scared of him not paying the car bill. So I kept sending him money, totaling about $600. A few months ago, he started blocking me on everything. I eventually was able to have a phone call with him, and he told me that I'll never see the money again. (laughs) Even after this, I still had to pay the last car payment, which was $100, because I noticed online that he never paid it. I just found out this week that he's back in my city because he got his old job back. Since we're now in the same state, I could take him to court and probably win. However, I'm kind of pissed off I'll have to put out more money in court fees for his dumb ass. I'm scared of my current boyfriend finding out about this mess. I don't really want to endure the stress of a court case in the middle of grad school right now either. What are your thoughts on this? Is it still worth taking him to court? Or do I cut my losses and just live with the anger? Oh, my God. Anonymous. (laughs) This is one of the most juicy, dramatic letters we've gotten. Seriously. When your ex owes you money. Oh, it makes my blood boil. (laughs) It makes me feel like the most entitled princess of all of the land. Like, I'm like, ugh, you owe me that. You know, like, it just... Especially when they're the one to fuck up. Ugh. They fucked up and they won't pay you your money back? Like, that's just bullshit. Anonymous, I cannot handle this story. (laughs) Like, it's making my blood boil, but I'm also, like, sorry, but I'm, like, eating popcorn excitedly. Like, as I listen to this drama, um, this is a fucking headache. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, dang. It's, Has it's uh, your ex nuts. ever owed you significant amount of money, Sam? I've had exes that have owed me smaller amounts of money, which I've been able to just be like, whatever. Like a couple hundred bucks? or Yeah. 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 <laughs> but nothing, nothing crazy. Yeah. Me too. I mean, like, at most, like, 500 bucks. Yeah. That's still a lot, though. No, totally. And I fucking fought to get that money back because I was this <laughs> entitled son of a bitch. I was like, you don't get to leave me. You don't get to emotionally leech off of me for two years. Right. And then take and my money, And financially too. leech off of you yeah, totally. as well. Just like a leech, leech, leech. Totally. Yeah, let's break that down a little. Obviously, this dude sucks. You More know. than most men, I right. would say. <laughs> Let's just okay, but we're all like on he's a journey. Below average for sure. Let's just like get through the hi- the hippie holistic healing shit and say, okay, we're all on a journey. Obviously, like the he, uh, uh, he's clearly going through life things. Uh, but, you know, he's just like isn't accountable. He's hurting. He's, he's hurting you because he's hurting himself. Okay. Yeah, okay, whatever. Okay, but now let's shit at him. <laughs> um, inappropriate. <laughs> um, uh, disrespectful. And totally taking advantage of you in 150 different ways. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not just talking financially because the, uh, I just feel like the way 
the fact that he would go to you after breaking up for money tells me how much he disrespected you or mm-hmm. how little he respected you, which is essentially the same sentiment, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, it's crazy. No, that is crazy. And also just because he disrespected you doesn't mean that you're not worthy of respect. Absolutely. <laughs> let's, be, let's be clear about that. Absolutely. So like, don't don't beat yourself up for, for this thing. But also like, don't yeah, do no, it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's let's cover this in... In different sections. First, we're going to talk about the co-signing of the car. Yeah. Because we have to. Yeah. This, and then we'll talk about our opinions of moving forward with the money. Yeah. And then we'll talk about talking with your current boyfriend about this situation. Sounds good. Okay. okay. First up, not trying to shame you. No. But if anything, trying to, and I think you would co-sign with this anonymous, um, to like as a warning to people out there, right? Yes. Yep. I b- totally believe in collect like partnership. I believe in um, shared financial responsibility. I believe in helping each other out when we are in committed, healthy relationships. But it is not just a red flag for me that he asked you to co-sign his car. It's like a f- it's a it's a red flag on fire and made out of dog shit. <laughs> like it's just such a big sign to me. What a visual that is. Well, yeah. I am a writer, so <laughs> that's right. So poetic you are. Um, but okay, so and this isn't to shame you, right? It's more to hold your own heart accountable, anonymous. That loving people doesn't always look like overextending yourself. Absolutely. That loving people like unconditionally and over nurturing them. That's not a hundred percent authentic love because mm-hmm. true, healthy, well rounded love takes care of it their own needs too, you yeah. know, and protects your heart basically and your Absolutely. fucking finances. Yeah, because you know we talk about how. Uh, relationships are often are the healthiest relationships are whole people coming into relationship to meet each other right and that is true also financially too so like you sometimes have to put boundaries around yourself in order to protect yourself and this is an example of that and sometimes people manipulate their our feelings for them to um, to make us make decisions that we wouldn't make with anyone else in the world right so like if you're friend came up to you and was like, hey, I want to co-sign. Will you co-sign this car with me? You'd be like, what are like, what are your financial situation? Like, how are you planning on paying this back? Like, you would have a conversation with them. Yeah, why are you asking me and not a parent or relative? Absolutely. And this isn't to shame anybody who needs help co-signing their car. Like, that is, we can talk about money shame for the next seven hours if we want. For sure. Um, and, and, And to add to your point about two whole people coming together... It's it's not realistic that you and your partner are always going to have the same financial situation, but it is it, it is something that you have to approach with boundaries, respect, open communication and accountability. Right. Exactly. So you can't like I'm not saying we're not saying you shouldn't ever co-sign al- alone with the loved one. But how are you making sure that I was you're with doing my ex for like savvy three way? years before we got on the same phone plan? <laughs> <laughs> That's legit, though. Yeah, but he was probably more like trying to protect himself from me. (laughs) (laughs) You do use a lot of data. For example, you didn't know that you could download podcasts onto your phone. (laughs) Had no idea. Absolutely none. You were just streaming them all the time. (laughs) Totally. Don't understand data, to be honest. Like, if you could explain it to me one day, that would be great. Because I don't understand what uses it and what doesn't. Yeah, we'll talk about it on the way home. (laughs) Okay, thanks. (laughs) Okay, anyway, this is another reason why we're unqualified. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so that that's that. Let's get that out of the way. We don't want you to feel ashamed because you made the choice and now you're here and that's it. Um, but for anybody out there and for your own heart anonymous, um, you have to make sure to take care of your own and that overextending yep. yourself isn't love. Yep. It's like self-abuse. Absolutely. Um, okay, second thing. What do we think he uh, they should do about the money? I'm sort of a petty person, so I'm like, sue him. <laughs> Yeah. Because, like, I know you're concerned about court costs, but, like, if you win, you can make him pay your court costs. Oh, yeah. And it sounds like you would win. Totally. Question. Yeah. What happens when somebody just legitimately doesn't have the money? Like, if she sued them. Well, then they can, like, garnish your wages and shit. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't understand that, but, um, (laughs) great. I'm sure that that means take your wages away. (laughs) Yeah, so like, but you I have thought a of garnish or something like, as the, on the side yeah. of your dish. <laughs> yeah, Legit. I don't know the etymology of those words, but yeah. if I did, I would help make that connection for you. Anyway, um, okay, cool. Just curious about that. Yeah. Um. So yes. Also, I'm not a lawyer, so like, <laughs> take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> I know you're not a lawyer yet. <laughs> I like to think that I am, though. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, anonymous. Um. Yeah, so we definitely are not going to give you a definite answer, mm-hmm. um, but I'm kind of in Camp Sam over here. Like, I, I am, if not petty, I'm spiteful at the end, <laughs> at the end of it. And and the fact that he blocked you, oh, it makes my blood boil. Yep. When somebody does something hurtful like that, I, I all of my, like, nurturing instincts go out at the window, and I'm like, let's burn him at the stake. Yeah. You know? Can you just, like, send him... Venmo requests, and then, like, every time they expire, just send a new one. Yeah, I did do that (laughs) to the next ones. But um, I thought of something, though, while I was ranting right there. I I also want to make it clear to our listeners that we're not shaming people who are broke. No. Um, I am self-employed. I spent a lot of of my 20s living um, not paycheck to paycheck, but literally show check to show check. Um, as a performer and, um, and if he had ever said to you anonymous, I just don't have the money here. Let's make a payment plan. I'll pay you 50 bucks for the rest of my life every month or whatever. Um, that's where I would start having more empathy for him. Um, because money relationships, love dating, it's all things that adults need to do True. right and but sadly immature children do them too right and it, it sounds like he's got himself into a bit of a financial pickle and he is acting like a child yeah so maybe suing him isn't really the option Boo. it is one <laughs> but um you know is there a way that you could reach out and be like hey listen i know you have your new your old job back i would like you to pay me back in increments of $50 yeah. every month for the next yeah. year. Yeah. Does that sound if reasonable not, to I'm you? Gonna take you yeah, to if not, then I will take you. I will right. pursue legal action. Yeah. I'm flip-flopping right now. I-, I totally believe in everything we've said already, Anonymous, but I am flip-flopping because I think about the emotional labor that you would have to do. Yeah, that's, to, that's true as well. like, ask for this money back from this guy who's obviously a schmuck. Um and that's a, another reason why I've let money slide in the past because okay. I just didn't want to go there. I didn't want to have to do the work, yeah. the handholding that would be involved with getting this money back. Absolutely. Um, and that's okay, too. No, it is. And we are, you know, 
we are coming at this from an outsider's perspective. Yeah, You're like very a feisty outsider. <laughs> yeah. Who are like, he better pay you that fucking money back. Totally. But as the person who has to go through that work, if you don't think that it's worth it, then it's not worth it. Totally. Like, it's really not. It's up to you. It's your money. It's your emotional labor. If you, It's up to you to decide what's the pros and cons of this and whether or not it's worth it. Yeah, totally. And then to speak to your new partner about this, honestly, this is not the most horrific thing a partner could hear after dating someone for a couple months or whatever. Um, it was obviously a human mistake made from your heart because you were trying to take care of someone you cared for. Right. And I would just say be 100 percent trans- transparent with your new partner. Tell them that, you know, this you are ashamed of this. If you if you feel ashamed of it, that you regret it, if you regret it um, and that you really would appreciate if they don't judge you for this yeah. um, because you made a mistake. That That's it. You you put yourself out there to somebody and they took advantage of it. And yeah. if your new pr- partner holds this against you, then they're a jerk, too. Yep. Um, yeah. But I I think about it. If someone if a part if a person that I had been dating for I don't know how long you've been dating, but a few months said, I have this awful ex who forced me to co-sign a loan with him. And now and then like I lost like 600 bucks and I'm trying to get it back. I'd be like, "Okay, that sounds like reasonable to me. Oh, God, I'm so sorry you went through that. Like, I'm so glad. What a schmuck. Like, look at you putting money out there for a car that doesn't exist just to make sure your credit is okay. Like that speaks to me of like you are trying to handle a shitty situation in a really good way. So like if someone said that to me. Or if I said that to someone, I think that they would be really understanding yeah. of it. I think I think to summarize all of the love that we're trying to tell you, it's that this doesn't define you as a partner. Mm-mm. This like your ex's shittiness doesn't define who you are, how you love um, your goodness. It was just somebody taking advantage of that goodness for sure. And I think. When you're in it and you're only seeing it from the inside, it can look like much bigger than it is. But from us who are sitting here having read this letter, it sounds like a really shitty situation that you're handling the best that you can. Yeah. And like we've all got our own awful shitty situations that we are dealing with or have dealt with. Right. And this is just the one that you're going through right now. Right. And your partner will understand. Yes. And if not, then like, fuck him. Yeah. Yeah. Get him to pay you, too. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Anonymous, thank you so much for writing. We love you. All right. Next question is also from Anonymous, who is writing to us from Australia. Oh, wow. Yes. Uh, Hi, Sam and Sierra. I'm 23, female and single. Two years ago, my high school sweetheart and I broke up. We had been together for five years, and it was a really incredible relationship. However, we both agreed that we should figure out who we are on our own. For the next six months or so, I used Tinder and had my fair share of satisfying and not-so-satisfying experiences. But life is cruel. Despite always using condoms and there being no observable warning signs, I was infected with herpes. I was diagnosed over 18 months ago now, and actually, I actually haven't had sex with anyone since then. I'm terrified that I will pass it on. I'm also really apprehensive about disclosing this information to a potential partner because I fear that they will reject me. My doctor told me that as long as I take suppressive medication, always use protection, and never have sex during an active outbreak, then I can choose not to tell the people I I can choose not to tell the people I sleep with. But even if I am with someone who I haven't told, it would feel like a massive breach of trust. 
Anyway, while I was with my ex, I came to terms with the fact that I'm also attracted to women. In the last 18 months, I've been on a bunch of dates and made out with plenty of women. I know that's, it, um, that it's irrelevant who I have slept with, but I can't help but feel like my bisexuality is less valid because I've only ever slept with men. I really wish that, that I was in a position to go to the next step, but I'm just so paranoid about the herpes thing. All of this has left me feeling undesirable, dirty, and ashamed. I'm angry at the universe for giving me this stupid virus. I just want to be a carefree 23-year-old. I love, I'd love to hear any advice you have about navigating this situation. In particular, how can I approach having sex with a woman for the first time given my circumstance? Mm-hmm. Anonymous, I Love this letter. I'm so glad you um, felt the urge to write to us. Um, And I really commend you on your bravery because I know there's so much shame and so much hush-hushness about sexually transmitted um, diseases and infections. And I think Sam and I are both really eager to bring it to our platform because we believe in shedding light on this thing that is not something to be ashamed of. It's Mm -hmm. not something to hide away in the dark. It's It's... It's so prevalent. Um, I think we're just happy that you have given us the opportunity to speak on it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but before we would get into it, we also want to say that we are not medical professionals. Right. And so we we don't feel comfortable telling you about the about herpes as a virus and the way that it is spread. So we're not gonna we can't offer you advice about what are the safest ways to have safe sex. Um, but we do want to talk about sort of what you can do um, to bolster your confidence and to yeah. to navigate this world where um, STIs are seen as really disgusting, shameful things, um, when in reality, they're not. Yeah, they're, they're just, just not. They're, they're just something that happens to us. Absolutely. Like one in four people have had a sex, uh, an STI in their life. And Sam and I are going to use uh, the term STI instead of STD because... Uh, um, all of them are sexually transmitted infections, but they don't always all go to become diseases. Right. So we're going to say SDIs in, when speaking about the gambit of um, SDIs that are out there. Um, and I think to kind of like break the ice a little, uh, what Sam was saying before is that like when we first read this letter, I was like, oh, my God, like dental dams where how can we you know like i just was thinking about my experience with dental dams and like what the parameters are and i started googling like oral sex and um herpes and when is it okay and i and i just realized like i would have to do a lot of background research and and we're just not professionals (laughs) when it comes to specifically um uh, we're not medical professionals. Right, absolutely. So we so, don't want to tell you how to fuck, but we are going to tell you that you can and you should. Absolutely. So listen to your doctor and what your doctor says about how to do it, but you can still have sex. Absolutely. Let's first talk about, um, I want to make sure that you uh, don't think that you are dirty. Because you're not. Right. And let's break that down. That idea comes from cultural stigma of STIs, the idea that if somebody like catches something or um, is uh, privy to something that they somehow are less pure or clean or holy than somebody who didn't, which is not true, because if you think about it, um, 
everybody out there is having sex, hypothetically. <laughs> I mean, not everyone, but no, that's fine. not everybody's. <laughs> Yeah, let me take that back like a thousand steps. Colton, the virgin on The Bachelor, is not having sex. And asexual people don't like to have sex and virgins and and whatever. Um, What I mean to say is um, sex isn't a dirty act just because this is something that comes along with it. Yeah. Yeah. I just hate the idea. It's like like how we've been taught to feel like we are... um, dirty or less valuable depending on more the more people we've slept with like well, our... that's just this is just an extension of that right because like every time you have a sex with an, another person it increases your chance of getting an sti so if you had an sti which is not true but if you had an sti then it's clear then you then your people assume that you have had multiple partners or right. that you've been unsafe in the way that you had right. sex which is absolutely not true right STIs happen to people right. in the same way that you can wash your hands every single day and still get the flu, right? right? Like diseases or infections are things that people pass amongst each other for a multitude of different reasons. And just because one is transmitted through sex doesn't make it any grosser or dirtier or any more of your fault than any other infection. Right. Exactly. Um, you are. This is not your fault no matter how many scenarios you play out in your head in which you put yourself in that position. This is just not your fault. This no. is something that happened to you that we are sorry that it happened to you, but but it is just that. And it's also not, it's not gonna, um, it doesn't define who you are, right? right? You are not just a person with herpes, right? You are also a person that has a lot of other things going for you. You are still the same person that you were before you got herpes than you are now. Right. This isn't a thing that will make you something less than what you were before. It isn't something that will um, tarnish who you were before. You are still the same person with a different set of circumstances mm-hmm. on your hands. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it. your letter speaks to me so much um, because I, or I relate to it. I've heard about experiences like this. Um, people in my life have had a similar experience. And I, it, it just breaks my heart, to your line about wanting to be that carefree 23-year-old mm. um, and feeling like you can't anymore. Mm-hmm. And Anonymous, I'm not sure if I have anything to say to like definitively make you not feel that way. I, I just want you to know that that, that hurts my heart. I, I'm hurting for you. Yep. Um, and I wish, I wish that life didn't do this to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hoping Sam and I will 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 bolster you up or big you up a little yep. um, because you have nothing to be ashamed of. I think the statistic is like that one in four people have had or will have an SDI in their life. Yeah. And if we think of it that way, then we can step out of the closet. We can say, okay, this is no longer something to be ashamed of. This is no longer something associated with quote unquote bad or dirty people. Yep. This is something associated with people. Period. This is something associated with having sex. Period. Mm -hmm. Just like pregnancy can be or just like orgasms. (laughs) Hypothetically, (laughs) am I right? Uh, (laughs) Not always. Yeah, I know. Um, But yeah, I think we just want to like normalize it a little bit. Absolutely. Um, But it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be angry at the universe, to be angry at that partner, uh, to be angry at the circumstances. We're definitely telling you we're definitely not telling you to suppress any of that. Um, no. I just think we wanted to like talk through a little of that. But in terms of moving forward, um, I think uh, Sam made a great point when we were like prepping for this episode. You said, Sam, that 
in reality, people are going to be weird about it. Yeah, I mean, they are. Yeah. But I think that there are going to be a lot of people who aren't weird about it as well. Right. So, I mean, it's um, it's going to be a situation that you're going to have to navigate with folks. And, um, you know, if you if you if you're rely on your doctor's advice. Right. So if your doctor says you can have sex in certain circumstances and not pass it on, then that's great. Right. Um, but if you are wanting to get into a relationship with someone, it's probably something that you're going to have to disclose at at some point. Right. Um, and I will tell you that I think that there are going to be lots and lots of people out there who are like, that's great. I still love you. And I still, or I, even I still like you. Right. I still want to continue to go on dates right. with you. Um, because I have had experiences like that before with people who have either been um, really responsive to my hangups about sex or my hangups about different types of things. Um, or I've also been in the situation where someone has disclosed something with me and it's been like, I'm going to need time to figure out how to work with this, but like I can move forward with it too. Right. So know that there are going to be assholes out there, but we all encounter assholes all the time. Right. So. <laughs> and to, to speak to the assholes for a moment, I think Sam and I, the, the why we wanted to talk about this letter, other than the fact that um, we uh, your words really spoke to us, is that we want to change the tide. We want to we want Sam and I just break up wants to contribute to changing the culture around SDIs yep. and our conversations about sexually transmitted diseases, because we we believe in erasing the shame yep. and you can't erase the shame without some conflict or tension or pushback because this is deeply rooted things in our society, in our culture, against women, against sexuality, against prom- promiscuity right. um, that are all rooted in fucked up things like patriarchy and um, puritanism, purit- puritan- puritanism. Great. <laughs> We're just going to leave it at that. I think that's right. Puritanicalism. That's not it. That's definitely not it. <laughs> Yeah, and um, and that stuff goes way back into our history, our religions, our um, you know, like ancient governments, all wanted to suppress the female body, suppress sexuality, to shame it. Yep. Um, and Sam and I just break up. Want to start contributing to a shift in that culture. And I say all of that anonymous to say for the assholes out there, you might change their mind. Like Mm -hmm. you might be the first experience they've ever had with somebody who speaks openly and unashamed about their SDI. And even not just for the assholes either. Right. Right. Like for the the murky middle. Right. Like the people who are who might think like, oh, I would never have sex with someone who has herpes to meet you to get to a point with you where you're like, hey, I have this and. And like have their their idea of what a person with herpes looks like and is mm-hmm. right. Like you have that opportunity to change the paradigm around how people view people with right. And that's like that's like this like lofty goal. And right, right. now you're you sitting don't have there to being be like, like the martyr of, <laughs> right? like, of SDI. Right now you're sitting there being like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like. Yeah, I have to deal with this, and you want me to like <laughs> right? lead the revolution, right? But for but there is an opportunity here for you to help change people's minds and by which to say, like, for your own good. Change too. your own mind, too, sweet right? pie. Yeah. yeah. And, like, to to bring people along because, like, you're an awesome person that gets to have sex with people if you can have this if conversation so, with yeah. them. Right? Yeah. This is all to say, too, 
it's not that I wouldn't have these exact same struggles, Anonymous. Like, I feel like um, I do all this head and heart work to unpack my inner shame, and I still would have to show up again and again to that head and heart work to, to remind myself that all of the things my culture taught me to feel about myself are not real. Yep. And so maybe this is my last piece of encouragement is that this is going to be something that you'll have to show up for yourself repeatedly. But I do think it'll get easier. Your yep. sense of self will get stronger and your self-love will only grow. Yep. The more you understand, the more you forgive yourself, the more you recognize that you are a whole imperfect but perfect person that this is something that happened to you but it doesn't define you Mm -hmm. um and before we say good night or goodbye or we love you um i do want to speak really quickly about the queerness about Mm -hmm. bisexuality and sdis because i also think that's something as a queer woman um i have had little to no literally no exposure i think um in literature in tv in in any sort of representation of um gay women and stis i think it's like this big myth that queer women don't get stis yeah and that's not true no (laughs) um and isn't that interesting it is I'm just sort of having this revelation now that there is no rep, there's no representation for us. Yeah. There's no like building blocks to follow, I guess. Yeah. And meanwhile, flip the coin. It's all gay men. Queer men are all have STIs. Right. Like, totally. It's like this patriarchal vision of like purity mm-hmm. and like over sexualization just like thrown into stark relief. Totally. Totally. Um, yeah. We could unpack that on the car ride home. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I just think it I no, I just think it's that's it's fascinating me now just realizing now in the studio that I have zero representation of a gay woman with an yeah. STI in in all of the books I've read, all of the TV shows, any of the conversations and that's a shame. That's yeah, a shame. For sure. Yeah, um, if if you all have examples of we would love that it. Yeah. being portrayed in literature or in movies, like send it our way because it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, that and anonymous. This is all to say, just because we don't see it, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Exactly, you are not an anomaly. Yep. You are not broken. You are one of many people out there. It's just culture has taught us not to talk about it in the Absolutely. same way. Um, And in terms of having sex with women, I think uh, what Sam said goes, meaning follow your um, your doctor's advice. Um, Be smart. uh, Be safe. But also remember that you are allowed to have sex. You are allowed to have sex. You are allowed to have sex with women. Yep. If anything, like (laughs) like women might be a little bit more understanding (laughs) (laughs) like that. Maybe that's I've been very like stereotypical about men today, but no, that's fine. It's a generalization, not a stereotype. Okay, I've been very generalizing (laughs) of men today, but that's just how I feel. Um, Meaning, I I I think women can tap into their empathy a little bit faster when put on the spot. Generalization, a hundred percent. Yep. But hey, this is a podcast in which I talk about my thoughts, and that was one of them. Anyway, um, 
I just don't want that to deter you. Like your queer identity, whether you've had sex with women or not, is 100% valid. Like step away from the SDI conversation for a second, Anonymous. Just because you've primarily dated men or only slept with men or only dated men doesn't mean that you're not a queer or bisexual woman. Nope. Period. Yep. And you you can still be bisexual and never once have sex with a woman. Right. And you can still be bisexual and have herpes. Absolutely. You can still have a active sex life, an amazing love life, and a wealth of self-love and self-forgiveness. Absolutely. Um, honestly, Anonymous, I feel like I want to talk to you forever. <laughs> but uh, instead of me rambling forever, I'll, I'll just summarize by saying we love you and we really, really, really believe in you and this journey. Absolutely. Thanks for writing. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. All right, our last letter comes from Katrina Claudio from Virginia. Hi, Sam and Sierra. First of all, I have started, or I have to start with, I am obsessed with the two of you and your friendship with each other. I love how tuning in each week feels like a pep talk with my best friends. It's literally the best therapy, and I hope you will have this podcast forever and ever because we all need y'all's words of wisdom till basically the end of time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, can't (laughs) can't promise that. But love the sentiment. <laughs> Overwhelmed with the amount of love you have for us. <laughs> <laughs> that is Sam, though, period. Like, you guys know how communicative I am. And, like, I'm definitely extroverted. I'm I'm super lovey and super, like, verbal in my love. And Sam is constantly physically overwhelmed by my love. <laughs> he doesn't it's say true. it because yeah. he's nonverbal. Not overwhelmed by your physical love. I'm physically overwhelmed by your verbal, verbal. love. Yeah, yeah, I'll be like, Sam, I just love you so much. I respect you. And I think you're really cool and your hair looks great. And he'll be like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and then anyway. I just keep talking and say things like, um, I'm going to force I'm force you to accept my love. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You do. Yeah. All right. So back to Katrina's, or Katrina's letter. Katrina, thank you for your sweet words. We will do this forever and ever. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) With that being said, on your most recent Instagram live, I spoke about the tumultuous relationship with my mom. To make a long story short, here are the highlights. My whole life, I considered my mom to be the fun mom. She was my best friend, my Valentine's each year, and my number one confidant. It wasn't until her third divorce, should have picked up on this red flag, and when she moved out of my childhood home together into a tiny ass apartment that the veil was lifted. Mm. I noticed her drinking habits became more destructive than fun. I also noticed a shift in her behavior from the nurturing mother that I knew to this narcissistic twat, just to sum that up. Mm. This came to a tipping point when she met husband number four. After only knowing him for a month, they moved in together and she left me in our little apartment. During the holidays that year, she chose number husband number four over me. 
Our extended family lived far away, so we only had each other. Knowing this, she chose to spend the holidays with him, forgetting all about me. She pocketed the money I was giving her for bills, which resulted in an eviction notice on our door the day after Christmas. Mm. Her disregard for the life that we had built, the only life I knew, became apparent when I cut her off on my birthday. I knew I was becoming an angry, miserable person because I had expected her to be my parents and prioritize me. This time, I chose happiness. Fast forward a few years and we tried communication. I wanted to open the window a bit and she was trying to push her way back into it, into my life. Since letting her back in, I've created boundaries. I know that no relationship will sustain unless I am the one to create our space. We don't, t- we don't talk love. We don't talk about family. It's hard to have anything deeper than the coffee talk because she triggers me in every way. I recognize that my fears come from her, but I don't know how to maintain a healthy relationship for the rest of my life. Is it possible? Is coffee talk all I'm going to get? Is mm-hmm. that even worth it? Now that she's trying to delve into deeper, more meaningful topics, I recognize that her lack of self-awareness means that she's in denial about the hurt she caused. Mm. She's pretending that my past traumas didn't exist and doesn't realize that because of her, I am the woman I am today, good and bad. My ultimate question is this. Do I accept her complacent ways that she will never understand the pain she's caused? Or do I try to hash it out, go to therapy together, and risk another falling out? Thank you for reading this long-ass letter and helping me deal with my family traumas. I appreciate the respect, all of the advice you give to others, and hopefully me. Much love always. Thank you, Katrina, for this letter. We both um, are really feeling it, I think. Totally. (laughs) Totally. Um, Okay, so first off, let's talk about um, the general idea of a mother mm-hmm. and the idea of what a mother should be. Yeah. And when you have a mother who is not what society has taught you mm-hmm. is a mother, like warm, nurturing, fun, um, maternal. I don't know. What else do you think of? Responsible. Giving. <laughs> yeah, responsible giving. She prioritizes her children over all else. Right. Oh, totally. Um, and also, like, uh, I would say really loving, but, like, with rules. You know, like, the, every stereotype of a mom on TV is, like, is, yeah. like, filled with love, but, like, tells gets your, helps you get your shit together, you know? Yeah, right. Or, like, enforces rules. For sure. And I can speak to my own experience, um, Katrina, that... Uh, my mother, my mother's strengths are not in the typical maternal caricature that we expect out of women. Women. When I was younger, I really craved a mother that was proud of me, that would touch me and 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 hug me and mother me, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Like a baby fucking kitten, you know? <laughs> I really wanted that. And because that's not the person she was, it really... It really hurt me for a long time. And this is a totally different situation because your mother sounds like a, an abusive succubus. Um, and my mother definitely wasn't. But it was it was something that I definitely had to come to terms with. The fact that I wanted my t- mother to be somebody that I that she just wasn't. Yeah. And on top of that, um, I wanted the idea of a mother. I felt like I needed 
the idea of a mother to complete me mm-hmm. as a woman too, that I, I wanted this maternal person to gossip with and to snuggle with and to share secrets with. But that's just not the relationship that I had and more importantly, not the mother that I had. Right. And so it was confusing because I like I had been, I brought I was brought up with all of these examples of mothers that look nothing like mine. So let's say that first. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> that it's hard to have a parent that doesn't look like what you expect they should be, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I also want to say to you, Katrina, two things. One, I love that you are trying to create space to let your mother back in your life, even though she has hurt you. Yes. Like that, I think that speaks to you as a person. And, um, you know, no matter all of the things that have um, tried to come into your life to make you hard, you have continued to create a place of softness. Yes. Um, and I think that that is wonderful and beautiful. I also love that you are committed to boundaries too. Yes. And to understand that you can't just open up completely, that you need to create um, protections for that soft spot that you have in you um, and are trying to do that in the best way that you can. Yes. Boundaries are what we're going to be focusing on moving forward with your mother that maybe boundaries and expectations, right? The balancing of what am I willing to give and what am I allowing myself to expect? Mm -hmm. So boundaries, number one, I... I recently heard someone say that boundaries are the manifestation of your, your maturity, meaning like once you have finally become your your whole healthy adult, that manifests in boundaries. Yeah. No, you can't speak to me like that. No, I don't want to do that. Um, yes, I want to give you this time and space and energy, but you cannot treat me like X, Y, and Z. Yep. That is the manifestation of your maturity, being able to give yourself that love. Um, And that's going to be crucial moving forward. And it sounds like you've already set up a lot of boundaries, but I think the, the, the mental acknowledgement of, well, what are my, what are my boundaries? What am I willing, like, what can she not do? Like, what's my line, I guess? Like, are you comfortable with your mother never admitting what she did? Because that might be it. That might be where your relationship with your mother lies. Yep. Um, it might not be where your healing lives, mm-hmm. but that might be all she can offer you is the avoidance of that. Yeah. And I don't I don't think that that healing, any healing is going to come from your mother. I mean, I think that 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 your relationship ca- can heal. But the healing that you need to do is all about is all about you. It's never that healing isn't going to come from an external place. Right. right? It's going to come from within. Um, And so. Setting those expectations and boundaries is super important. It might be that you're just coffee buddies. Yeah. And that you have to say to her, we can't talk about the real stuff um, unless we are in therapy or unless uh, you are able to admit and apologize for these things. I Um, think. Go ahead. Because that's it's not just boundaries around like how much time you set up, but also boundaries around what types of conversations that you're going to have. Right. What she is allowed to say to you. Um, and understanding that that without the right tools in place, you two are never going to be able to fix this relationship. Right. I think going back to the idea of a mother, um, you might 
benefit from saying this person like like if you are craving the idea of a mother or that to fill that role it might benefit you to just pretend for the next couple of years that she's not your mom mm-hmm. that this is someone in your life that you have history with that you believe in enough to keep in your life but just like another friend or a coffee buddy like you're not going to have the weight and expectation and responsibility of her being your mother yeah like that might sound really harsh but Sometimes it's easier to walk through life recategorizing people or things to a way that is easier for your heart to process reality. Yep. Um also going thinking about what can you expect from her? Like this is again kind of blunt, but I want you to sit down and write down three things you know you can expect from her. Like one, I can expect her to show up, right? Is is she at the point where you know she's going to show up all the time? Mm-hmm. Two, um, I can expect her to avoid things. And so so then you know she's not going to go there. So you're not going to go into that next coffee date expecting her to acknowledge all of the wrong she did. Yep. And maybe three, like, I can expect to be disappointed, you know? That sounds <laughs> fucked up, but, like, you know, any way that you can, uh, I don't know, strengthen or protect your heart to predict the ways she's going to disappoint you might be a, just a tool to get through this next couple months. Absolutely. And I would say um, there is nothing that requires you to keep your mother in your life. Yep. So if you if you want to and you can go in with those expectations and you can know you're going to be disappointed every time, but that's something that you really want to do, that's totally fine. But if you say like, I and I don't want to go and get coffee with this person and leave and feel like all of the head and heart work that I've been doing has been torn down. Right. That she's continued to disappoint me. That we uh, go get coffee and we fight every time. I don't want to have to deal with that. You don't have to deal with right. that. I think we all. Um, I think that there's a societal expectation that because our parents are our parents, that right. we owe them stuff. And the reality is, is that. Um, if they are being abusive and emotionally manipulative to us, we don't owe them anything. Right. I think about maybe instead of writing a list of what you can expect from her, maybe you write like a bill of rights, right? Like mm-hmm. I have a right to say no to you. I have a right to expect this from you. I have a right to cut you out of my life. I have a right to be upset with you or, or whatever. Um, thinking about what you are allowed to feel in this situation will might embolden you moving forward mm-hmm. or just make you feel more sound in your own resolutions about her. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, Katrina, this sucks. It does. It's, this is a hurt. I think that this is one of the greater hurts of our lives. When we have somebody in our life who is meant to be kind and loving and nurturing, who isn't, it, it's just so confusing because at the end of the day, we are always that little child. You are yep. always that little girl. Yep. Um, and that little girl doesn't understand why her mom um, can't step up to the plate. Absolutely. And no matter how much we want people to change and to take proactive steps to heal their own hurt, they don't always do it. No. And there's no way that we can um, make them do it. Right. You know, we can continue to ask them to and push them to, um, but really... At this point, it's up to your mom to make the decision to see that she has been 
not great to see that she is. It seems like she's going through some mental health stuff. Right. Um, and it's up to her to make that decision. You can continue to remind her and to to tell her that, but you also can say, "I don't want to get coffee with you anymore until you have reached a point where you can go to therapy." Get on medication and acknowledge the things that you have done and acknowledge the hurt that you have caused me. Right. Um, because you don't you don't need to continue to put yourself in a place of hurt because right. she's hurting. Right. And she may never be able to say that to you. Yep. And once you settle that in your heart, you can decide whether it's worth it or not to keep her in your life. Absolutely. We know that this is a really bumpy, difficult, scary road. Um, But we are walking it alongside you, Katrina. We are really grateful for your support and for writing in. um, And we love you very, very much. Thank you. Thanks. All right. That brings us to the end of episode 29. That's right. I can't believe we're almost at episode 30. That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) We say that every episode, but it's fine. Um, Yeah, so every uh, every time we record an episode... (laughs) We uh, we try and set you up with something that we think that you're really going to like. Uh, we call it our blind date segment. And so this time we want to set you up with. Okay. So we, I want to set you up with like four different things. Okay, we'll save them because we always have such a hard no, time no, coming up with these. These two things are, I, it, this is a dual, this is a, this is a double blind date. Oh, wow. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> Can't believe I thought of it right then. Bring okay. your best friends. Yeah. It's double blind date. So a thousand episodes ago, Sam... Um, Sam's blind date was the Enneagram personality test. And um, since that episode, I have always been into the Enneagram. Um, It's like a really profound, well-rounded personality assessment test. It's not like a um, BuzzFeed quiz at all. It's a step up from astrology. No offense to my astrology folks out there. (laughs) It's not, not a step up. It is a... To me, it's like it's it's as detailed um, and as intuitive as astrology, but more consistently correct. Yes, I'll give you that. Right. <laughs> um, there's more like uh, it, 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 it is from your personality type and not from your birthday. So to me, it's coming from direct data of who you are. Yep. Right. So one, go take the Enneagram test. You can find it online for free. Read the assessments, but then do do me a favor and read multiple assessments of your personality type. It's nine different types. I'm the type two. Sam's type five. Um, and so the blind date is officially one. This podcast called the Sleeping at Last podcast. Sleeping at Last podcast. This was um, referred to me by a listener um, back in December, I think. And what it is is the Sleeping at Last podcast is an is a musician and his pot his his musical name is Sleeping at Last and he puts out a podcast of his songs and his writing and his composition process. It's pretty interesting, super detailed, but what's really cool is that he wrote a song for every Enneagram type and then had a guest um person who's like an expert on the Enneagram on the podcast to talk about the different types, yada yada. So it'll be like type two, um will be the whole episode in which he'll just talk about type two. Oh, crazy. Yeah, it's actually, I skipped around in it a lot um, because he's a little long-winded, the musician, but it's a fantastic podcast. And it and it really, I went and listened to my exes 
Enneagram (laughs) podcast. I listen to yours. I listen to my sister's. I listen to my father's. um, And it makes me feel like I can love and understand the people I love in my life more. That's great. So that's that's part one. That's the first blind date. And the second blind date is, accompanying me with that, is the the expert that he brings on to the episode is named Chris Hertz. And he wrote this book called The Sacred Enneagram. And he delves deeper into what he says on the podcast. And if you can't tell already, folks, I'm pretty fucking obsessed with it right now. It's just brought a lot of healing and understanding to me what my inner desires are, what my greatest fears are, what the greatest fears and desires of my loved ones are, and how they manifest when we are whole, when we are hurting. Um, It's just been one of my favorite personality things or like self-help things ever. So the book is called The Sacred Enneagram by Christopher Hertz. Great. And the podcast is Sleeping at Last, the Enneagram series. Love it. Yeah. See? Double date. Perfect. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. Um, You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and uh, Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com. Where you can also find our merchandise, right? Oh, yeah. Totally. And our merch. (laughs) Uh, you please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five star rating and review. Also, if you're interested in getting an additional episode every week, you can support us on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. Five dollars a month and you get a free episode every week. Not a free episode, an additional every episode every week. Um, we really appreciate this. This helps us keep the lights on and it helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationships advice. Original music recording and editing by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, the What If Podcast. And remember, you are on a journey right now. It might have started this morning or yesterday or years ago or the day you were born, but this journey is one step at a time. That's all it takes, and that's all you have to give. One choice, one step at a time. But no matter how little progress it feels like you're making, you right now have the power to enact change. You are already whole right now, regardless of what the growth you're going through. And here at Just Break Up, we believe in this head and heart work. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>